0: Executive pastor here, and this is my uh, name's
1: Ben. I'm the pastor here, and we're so glad you're here at Four Corners today.
0: Yeah, hey, uh, you may not know this, but Ben is my older brother. Um, You probably could tell that he's older than me, you may not have known (laughs) that he's my brother, but uh, we wanted to get up here and chat with you today about something that we started a conversation concerning last week. We started talking about evangelism and the importance of us partnering together on that. Final command and mission that Jesus gave us all as Christ's followers to make sure we invite other people to be part of the good news, the love that God wants to share with us. So last week we kind of dug down into the scripture about what that could look like. And right. we talked a lot about how there really is a certain boldness that you have to have, at least for a lot of us. Right. What we said is, for some of us, probably realistically a pretty small percentage, talking to other people about spiritual things is kind of easy. But For the rest of us, the majority of us, there's a certain hesitancy for a variety of reasons potentially, but there does take a certain amount of boldness to engage important spiritual conversations, especially with people that maybe we aren't used to doing that around. And so what we want to do today is entice you a little more than we even did last week by sharing with you a little bit later some stories from people in the congregation that you may know. They've been around here, some of them for a very long time some of them for a shorter period of time, but we want you to hear their story about how they got connected with God and with this church as kind of an example, as a testimony to make you excited about potentially engaging that exercise over the next few days as all of us get ready for our nine-year anniversary, which is next Sunday. We like to call it a big day, but like we said last week, it isn't a big day because necessarily something spectacular is going to happen well beyond what normally happens around here. It's a big day because we lean in together, all of us who call this church home, to engage the discipline of evangelism. And so we want to unpack that a little bit more from God's word at the beginning of the message today and then invite those people up and have them share with you their
1: story about how God has transformed their lives. So today, like Greg said, you're going to hear some stories, but I want to take you first of all to an old story in your Bible. So if you have your scriptures with you, you can turn to Acts chapter 15. If you didn't bring one, the words will be on the side screens as we get there. Let me set you up before we actually read this. All the stuff we're going to talk about today falls under this umbrella from from this story. Now, Now, here's the situation. Jesus had come to this earth, and he had a specific message. He wanted people to connect with God. And he knew that the best way to get them to connect with God was for him to connect with them. And so he invited everybody he met to follow him. The interesting thing is the people he invited to follow him, they weren't believers. They didn't believe he was the son of God. All of them were sinners. They had stuff in their life. And yet each of them was given a no-holds-barred opportunity to begin a process of getting to know him. So we try as a church to model that thing that he did. Give people a chance to be a part of us before they believe, before they clean up, before they change. In fact, we say to them, you don't have to clean up, you don't have to believe, you don't have to agree with us, and you're welcome to be fully a part of us. And so this story today really is the church that began when Jesus left the earth, he left his disciples in charge. The church that began struggled with the same thing. How do we continue to share this message about Jesus, and how do we help people come into connection with God, given the fact that many of them don't believe they have challenges in their life? And so this church started the process. Greg, it was a really big deal.
0: Yeah, I mean, when we got together, I remember sitting around your kitchen table with me and, and you and four or five other people and talking about our, our heritage and how we had experienced church in the past. Not just you and I, but the other people that sat around at the table. Some of them had been involved in churches for a long time, like us, almost since we were born. Yeah. A couple of the other fellas sitting around the table hadn't really had a ton of church experience, maybe in the last five to ten years. But what we had all experienced in the churches we had been a part of was this certain idea that you had to behave and believe before you could belong. And one of the things we wanted to make sure we did at Four Corners, at that time we didn't even know <laughs> the name of the church, we, we didn't hadn't even gotten that far no. with it. But we wanted to create a community of believers who, no matter where we were at in our walk with the Lord, we were accepting of everyone, and we let them feel like they belonged. Not simply because we wanted them to feel that, but because they really did. We wanted to, much like you talked about last week, Ben, extend God's love to people and ask them to come alongside and partner with and begin to form community even before they behave or they believe. Not simply because we were reacting to our past or we didn't like the churches we'd grown up in, but because we thought that was the model we saw from Jesus and the Gospels. And one of the core components of our DNA, one of the core values we've always had And many of you have experienced that, it's exactly that truth, that you can come here and just belong and then start to consider the truth in God's word as it's presented every week. And not only that, you can invite your friends and your co-workers and your neighbors and your family to do the same, and you could bring them here without any fear that this church community would somehow feel like they didn't have a place here to belong and that somehow they shouldn't even be here.
1: Yeah. You know, church can be pretty off-putting. None of us want to be the guys that we saw in the video. None none of us want to be... Uh, that kind of presenter of this most important message in the world, that God loves people, that they can be in relationship with them, that they can change their lives for eternity. That means out there somewhere, but it also means here and now. And so this early church that began as Jesus was exiting the earth to carry this message forward, they struggled with it. And one of the, here was one of the biggest challenges. Originally, they were all a bunch of Jewish people who had shared the same heritage and culture. There was great homogeny in the group. But as the message spread, it caught the attention of people who didn't look like them and talk like them and act like them and have the values that they had. And so trying to integrate these people who were different, who had challenges, who did life differently into the group that rally around the message and the person of Jesus was very difficult. Now, the Bible records for us some of the dialogue around that issue. So in Acts chapter 15, there was a major meeting and all the major players in the New Testament were there. So I want to take you to that place right now, Acts chapter 15, verse 6. Here's what it says. The apostles and elders met to consider this question. Now, the question was, how do we integrate these outsiders into the group? How do we rally people who are far from God and give them a chance to know they can be close to God? So after much discussion, Peter, we talked a lot about him last week. If you weren't here, you can get those messages online, www.fourcornerschurch.com. So Peter, major player in the nestle, he gets up and he addresses the crowd. He says to them, brothers— and sisters, there were women in the room, but just all-inclusive brothers, you know that some time ago, God made a choice among you, this group, that the Gentiles, now that's the outsiders, these were all Jewish, these new folks are Gentiles, that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. Now, I, if, you, if you write in your Bible, I do when I'm reading at home, online, I'll highlight. Um, that word might there is a powerful word. God chose among this group To give us the option to participate with him, to call for us a challenge, to participate with him, to share the good news about Jesus so that others might hear it and they might believe. Might. It's a big word. It doesn't guarantee certainty. It means a certain amount of challenge is going to be there. Now, when we talk about this one more time, the Gentiles are the outsiders and the brothers, the group, they're the insiders. And ever since this debate has happened in the earliest church, churches have been having this debate both on a surface and below the surface level ever since. How do we take new people who don't believe, act, think, vote like we do, and watch TV like we do, go to the entertainment places we do, how do we take them and let them know that they can be a part of us and experience the love of God right here being done in this congregation?
0: Yeah, the reality is anytime a group of people gets together, The longer they are together, the more homogenous they get. And the easier it is for people who aren't part of that original group to feel like they have a chance to be in that group. And that's just the nature of maybe being a human. We all long for not only having important significance in life, but we all long for close relationships. And then when we find those close relationships, we just want to weave the nets of our life so closely together with those people that oftentimes it's not easy for an outsider, in this case Gentiles, to, to kind of get inside in. of there, break in, and be part of something that really everyone longs for, not just us.
1: So when people think about coming to a church, one of their first barriers is, well, I, they have a preconceived idea of what church people are like. Sometimes they're not completely wrong. Right. Their ideas match. And when they think about coming to a particular church, some of them think, you know, if I walk into a church, it's going to collapse around me. You know, right. hell's going to freeze over. Some spiritual cataclysmic thing's going to happen. People are going to look at me. Many of us know we have baggage, right. and, we, and we think church people, you know— And so it's just a real emotional challenge. It's not a new issue. It's not a new issue at all. In fact, when I think about sharing my faith with my friends, talking to them about church, one of the things I have in mind is how how do I help them understand that even with all this stuff, with the fact that they're a unique person and have diversity, how can they be a part of us? Now, when this debate was happening in the early church there in Acts chapter 15, Peter stands up and he says, look, it, it was a privilege that God called us to give those outsiders a chance to hear and receive just like we did. So in verse 8, he continues and he says these words. God, who knows the heart, showed that he accepted them, those outsiders, by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us. The the same thing that happened to this core group is beginning to happen to other people. All you got to do is look around it. It's not just the original, but the group is growing. And he didn't discriminate. God did not discriminate between us and them. For he purified their hearts by their faith, just like he purified your hearts. So Peter's making the point, look. Here's the beautiful thing about God. Just like he accepted you, he's accepting others. And he's given us the option to share that news and hope that they might come to know it. So they're talking about this situation, and they're wondering what it's like. And so Peter, with great enthusiasm, he says, no, listen here. We've got to stop this goofiness about these walls and barriers. He says, we believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved, just as they are. That the same grace that worked in our lives can work in their lives. And then verse 12 says, The whole assembly became silent as they listened to Barnabas and Paul. So Peter's been speaking. Now Barnabas and Paul are telling about the signs and wonders God has done among outsiders. They're telling stories about how God's beginning to, to, to touch other people's lives and impact them and change them. And when when Barnabas and Paul got done talking, verse t- t- 13, when they finished. Then James stood up. So you got Peter and Paul and Barnabas and James, the brother of Jesus, stands up and he says, now, brothers, listen to me. Simon, or Peter, has described how God first intervened to choose a people far from him for his name, to choose the Gentiles to be accepted, to be called by his name, to be called Christians, Christ followers. And then James says, and here's our verse for today, it's my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. James says, I walked with Jesus. I grew up. We were boys together in the same house. I've seen how this movement has continued. And here's what I think we should do. We should not make it difficult for the Gentiles, for the outsiders, to get close and become insiders.
0: Yeah. I mean, the opposite is we're trying to make it easy, right? right? Exactly. And so going back to the way we started this church and what many of you have experienced in your time here It's what we're trying to do here. Again, not because we're trying to fix something that's wrong with other churches, but because we believe that is the Jesus model. It is the biblical model. It's what he intended for churches to be like from the very get-go. He never wanted it to be a group of people who are so passionate about themselves and what they were all about that somehow no one else could fit into the group. The reality is healthy churches grow. They're healthy partly because they stay on mission, but also because they are reminded constantly that it's not just about them, that it's about all the people that God put in the various circles of their life, that they are to engage, that they are to, as the story went with Barnabas, share the stories of what's happening in their life. They shared what happened in the Bible about the miracles that were happening with the Gentiles. In a similar effect, we can share what's happening in our lives as a testimony to God's activity in our lives in the church we attend and in this world.
1: Healthy churches but also healthy Christians. Right. The truth is, we are not living a deep faith if it's all about us. If right. we just get our worship on, get our Bible study on, part of being deep in the faith is knowing that the grace that God worked in my life, he wants to use me to help it work in others' lives. Yeah, And that is that is the purest, I think, indicator of maturity in Christ. Right. It is a passionate enthusiasm about being a part of a team that makes the message of Jesus Visible to the world. Yeah. One of the things we
0: say around here a lot is sometimes the deepest stuff of scripture, the deepest okay. stuff in the Bible like really does lie on the surface. And the longer you follow Jesus, it might be easy to fall into the trap of I just got to know more, more and more about the Bible or theology or a Christian worldview. And all of that is critically important. But this is one of those times in the Bible where really we all get how important it is. It's not a difficult concept to understand. Yeah. And yet on a practical level many of us have trouble living out what's talked about here in the early church in the book of Acts.
1: Greg, I think we have little idea, very little idea, how much God wants to use us to impact people's lives and how significant our engagement of this process can be in somebody's life. I think we have very little idea how much God can use us to impact another person's life. Here's here's our talking point for the day. God can use a simple, clear invitation from you To do mighty things. You remember that word might we talked about, all the potentiality in somebody? When God gets involved, he takes a might and makes it mighty. When God gets involved, he takes a might and makes it mighty. And do you know how do you turn, how we help him, how we partner with him, turn a might into a mighty? You invite people. You invite them in. God can use a simple, clear invitation from you to do mighty things things and all this potentiality they exist a person farthest from god who is loved and accepted and gets a clear presentation of the message they get to hear it and they get to hear it from people that love them takes their potentiality their might and then god does mighty things in it and i'm very excited because we're going to share some stories of some folks who've had that happen just now yeah exactly
0: so um you may know uh a guy around the church He, in fact, might be more popular (laughs) and more well-known than even uh, Ben, who's the lead pastor. He might be more popular than Jesus. I don't know. But uh, (laughs) we want to invite up Bubba and Judy Heron to come up onto the stage, and we want to share with you part of their story about how they got connected to this church, how they reengage their Christian walk and their faith, and uh, let it be an inspiration to you, not only because it's cool what God has done in their lives, but because it took someone stepping out of their comfort zone, being bold and inviting them to be part of something great, and God ended up using that and working in their lives. So this is Bubba, Bruce,
1: and Judy Heron.
0: You guys want to say welcome to them?
1: All right, so I have a picture of Bubba and Judy up here for you. They're, you guys are in a race. You're running. You haven't even seen these yet, have you? You're walking. Oh, you don't run. Gotcha. Okay. All right, this is Bubba and Judy. Now, some of you didn't know that Judy was Bubba's wife. You thought Peggy, the other greeter, was. Right. Right? Um. So this is a big surprise to some people. They're like, whoa, yeah. So <laughs> Sorry, Bubba, Peggy.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Bubba, here's what's cool for me. Next week, we're going to celebrate nine years, and on our very first Sunday, you guys were there. How did you end up at Four Corners? Judy, go ahead. Yeah.
3: Okay. Um, I, a coworker of mine invited us to come uh, by giving a ticket uh, to
1: but church. At the time, we were meeting at a theater, and so as an invite, like the ones that are in the Connect uh, packet right now, we had printed up these tickets, and in, it looked like a movie ticket, but it was really an invite to church, right? And so, yeah, you see the picture of you playing Santa Claus there. And so a coworker who was a part of our core team, we were talking a lot about this value of evangelism and how make we make sure we keep the temperature turned up on it. They took that to work, knew you, and used that ticket as a tool to invite you. Yes, and you showed up on the first week. Why did you yes. show up? Brother, why did you, Judy, why did you guys show up? I and mean what made you take a ticket and show up?
3: Uh, there were two reasons. Um, when this coworker uh, was a lot younger than I am and had come here from Texas, and we had sort of become surrogate parents to them nice. and encouraging that. And, and we had shared our Christian faith. With one another, and um, when he told me about th- this church that was beginning, I said, "Oh, Craig, are you sure about that?" <laughs> I was <laughs> very concerned, um, and he said, "No, they're for real." Mm, yeah. And so, um, I wanted—I wanted to check you out. Mm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. Make sure we weren't a cult, I guess. <laughs> right.
3: Yeah, I wasn't going to use that word.
1: <laughs> <because> <laughs> we do have Kool-Aid on your way yeah. out. No, I'm totally kidding. <laughs>
3: um, but uh, it was totally biblical, and um, it was inspiring. The music was inspiring. And what you were saying earlier was... Probably the biggest influence on us was that people welcomed you warmly, um, the Clipsons and the Hartsocks, every Sunday, and it was sincere. Mm. And the people here were sincere and they c- accepted you wherever you were in your search and your, your journey with Christ. And, um,
1: uh, Judy, sorry. now, you're talking about the, the faith you had, but I know you mm. had a faith as well, but w- were you participating in your faith uh, at the same level that Judy was? Because I, I understand your church, most Sundays, really, it was the golf course. If, if, if I'm not, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it you told me once that since you started coming to this church, your, your golf, golf game, game took <laughs> a hit, right? I you <laughs> use some other language, <laughs> but, but you... That, that was earlier. Course. That was earlier, <laughs> yeah, but your golf game took a hit,
4: right? Yeah, I was raised Catholic, and... Uh, four corners had their first service on september 19th 2004 and uh, you know the golf season starting to come in on a sunday and i was sort of suggested that i'd come to church on this given sunday so yeah. uh, i went with her and i, I also enjoyed it <laughs> and uh, on the way out i said I, th- I think we need to try this one more week and then uh About the third week, I think I was greeting at the door, and uh, it's been all downhill. Oh, excuse me, (laughs) uphill. (laughs) (laughs) since. Bubba, earlier
1: we showed, guys, if you don't mind, throw up that uh, picture of Bubba getting baptized there. That was right right after his baptism. This is one of my favorite moments Mm -hmm. in the church. I love baptism. In fact, we're going to do one second service. That's why the baptistry's up. up. This is right after you got baptized. Now, you had a relationship with Jesus, but this was a sign for you of kind of being all in, wasn't it?
4: Yeah. Yes, it was. Um, I, I just knew it was time to go out in front of everybody and say i believe I yeah, yeah. It, It's, i belong i believe and uh, i was the guy like you talked about last week you know show up for show up for a while and uh... he will change you so uh, i believe that that was me in a, in a yeah. nutshell
1: but if somebody's wondering like, i i think most people here who are following jesus that they want to be inviters um, and it's just an it's it's a challenge it's it's a, it's a but you do it quite a bit it's Would you share a little bit about why you think people should be willing to invite a friend?
4: Well, I'll go to work tomorrow, and probably the first five, ten people I see will ask me, did I have a good weekend? Mm. Well, yeah, I had a great weekend. We had a worship service on Friday night. I did things around the house Saturday, and I spent Sunday in church. So everyone asks you, they invite themselves. Mm. So you just go ahead and tell them what you did, and then you add on a little bit that, uh, you know. They played Steppenwolf songs at church today. <laughs>
5: right, <you know.
4: laughs> right. it, it, it's easy, I said. You know, it's a different church. We don't have to come in suits and ties and dress pants. Uh, come as you are. Drink coffee, have sweet tea, and uh, enjoy it. And uh, I think we all, even if we didn't invite someone, we all inviters. by. If Judy invited something, we have to go out of our way to make sure she feels important that Sunday. And whoever she invites, you know, is important also. Yeah. So y-
1: you're talking about the team approach. Indir-
4: indirectly. Right? You
1: don't have to provide the entire experience for somebody. You can come here and know Correct. that they're going to meet a friendly greeter. Mm-hmm. Kids are going to have a warm and welcoming and loving engagement in kids ministry. That's where you serve Judy. Am I right? You're serving kids. Um, and so as a team, you can feel confident coming in and saying, all right, I brought a friend and now my church is going to partner with me to make that experience good
4: exactly yeah yep. and we're all, we're exactly. all a big part of it
5: yeah
0: I, one of the things i love about your story Bubba, is um, s- since we live in the midwest almost everyone we meet has some exposure to jesus i mean they've heard about him maybe a lot of them really have a church background maybe when they were younger and, and many of them though since they became adults have just kind of disengaged and um... I think people are looking for kind of what you found. I think you were looking for what you found. You just maybe weren't exactly sure what you were looking for. But one of the target demographics for me or audiences that I find that are easier to invite to church than uh, than others is those people who have a church background, but they're not currently connected to a good church home. There are a ton of people out there who know about God, who, if they're oppressed, they, they, they love Jesus, and they have no real challenges with it. But they really do need just a good church community that will love them and accept them as they are. There's some baggage around that for a lot of people. But also a church community that will preach the Bible every single Sunday and push them to not disengage faith again, to not let it just become kind of a part of their life that they have, but a part of their life that they fully engage and continue to grow in. And I've seen you guys both do that. I mean, both of you now serving every Sunday. I think Bubba and Judy, you guys have missed less Sundays in the last nine years than I have.
1: Yeah. Right, I right. think Bubba just barely is into double digits. In nine years, it's probably been less than 12 Sundays that he's missed. Right, I'm at like 32. Right. Um, so it's pretty
4: crazy. For shame, for shame. I know, exactly. I know.
5: I mean. but, <laughs> but you
0: guys find that in that engagement of serving and an engagement of taking bold steps on a Sunday and just being around, that you've grown in your own faith.
4: Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, uh, Seeing the little kids grow up from you know, the nine years we've been here now, Starting to become little young women, or you know, big yeah. ga- big guys playing big football guys. now, and it's like it's amazing, and, and it's good to instill church in yeah. these kids. That's what I know. My mom and dad, uh, you know, they judge us to church every Sunday and had to sit there and kneel up and down, back and forth, up <laughs> and kneel. Uh, and that's what the seed was planted way back when. Yeah, and it's been able to flourish here. Hey, I'm
1: Babbam. All of us who have seen your smile, experienced your love and acceptance, both of you, I just want to say thank you. You guys are a huge part of what God's done here. Four Corners would not be Four Corners, I don't believe, without Bubba and Judy. Thank you guys so much. You guys want to say thank you? Yeah. For them. Thank you. I'm, I'm going to say it one more time, that God can use a simple and clear invitation from you to do mighty things. Not simple things, life life changing things
0: yeah i mean uh, i know the couple that invited bubba and judy if it weren't for craig and melissa coon who were kind of early on part of our core group bubba and judy's life would be radically different than it is currently right so and all of
1: us we wouldn't be touched by what god's been able to do through them it's, ex- it's amazing exactly. now we have another couple greg
0: yeah this is dan and sarah limbert they're yeah. going to join us up dan on and
1: sarah I, as they're coming up guys they just got married throw that picture up guys yeah. yeah, look at that. This was a w- two week, a week or two
0: ago two, or three, yeah, something like two that. Two or
1: three weeks ago. Go ahead and go to the next picture here, uh, if you don't mind. They're there isn't In that, are. just really cute. But here's my favorite one. You haven't even seen this. Look at yes. that. Somebody's excited. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> guys, welcome. Now, now here's the thing. Bubba and Judy, nine years, this Sunday will be nine years. This coming Sunday will be how many years for you guys?
6: It'll
1: be uh, One year. One year. So one year ago, on our big day, 8th anniversary, 8th birthday, somebody had invited you. Who, who, how did you hear about us?
6: Um, well, actually, we are originally from Cleveland, and we are students at the University of Cincinnati. And a big thing for us was trying to find a church home here, because we loved our church home back in Cleveland so much. And so we tried a few different things out, and his friend, I don't know if anyone knows Sam Wheatley, in the yeah. Wheatley family. Yeah. Um, Sam had talked to Dan about it several times i think and then we actually went on a camping trip with them mm-hmm. <laughs> and i talked to his mom a lot about it and they just kept encouraging us to come
1: and you showed up
6: yes it, it's <laughs>
1: amazing again here, here's another story where somebody who was a part of us um just used the relationships she already had and started talking about. so dan you you were friends with sam right and do you remember you may not remember the first time but do you remember him calling and inviting and talking to you about being a part of the church what did, what did that look like just a little bit of that
2: well my freshman year i attended uh um called h2o it's a church at uc campus and uh i didn't really connect with it um a lot of people do there's nothing wrong with it but i just didn't connect with it and sam kind of saw that and i talked to him about it and he was always like oh you got to try my church you got to try my church and i was like okay and i never did because i had to (laughs) leave campus for it and that sounded like a lot of work right yeah right and uh i think well yeah so it was a year ago um so we finally had our cars down here she was down here with me um so we came together obviously and that was a big thing. So,
1: You're dating at this time.
2: Right, right. So coming with a friend who also had never been to the church was a lot easier than just coming by myself. All right. Yeah. Let, let,
1: um, let me pause right there. It does provide a certain amount of cover when a person has them to walk in unknown, right. but they get to walk in or early engage somebody that they know. Yeah. So I- here's, a, here's a little secret. If you invite a friend, tell them I'm going to meet you outside or tell them I'm going to meet you just inside the door. Don't don't make them feel like they got to come to the place. Yeah, in fact
0: uh, – There's a a stat, a national stat from a survey that happened uh, seven, eight years ago. Eighty percent of the people you invite to church will say yes to coming to church with you if you'll go with them as opposed to just saying you should come to my church sometime. You invite them to a specific day at a specific time. To meet you at a specific place outside, or right inside the front doors, or maybe you pick them up or or breakfast, and then you come here. But it's an 80% success rate. I mean, that's that's better than you had when you were asking girls out on (laughs) dates. Those those are good odds. But the key, I
1: didn't know where that was going. That's (laughs) awesome.
0: We're we're brothers, so I got to work in what I can. The the key to that is going with as opposed to just doing a general invite to show up at a church.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. All right, so you got invited, you came that first Sunday. Wh- what happened? I mean, why are you still here? That's, that's why I'm. Why are you still here?
2: The biggest thing for me. Hold that, just a little closer. Okay. Me the biggest thing for me, especially because it was um, your your whatever eighth year anniversary, I think. Um, you guys had an awesome band, especially that week. You guys still do, obviously, but that week it was amazing. And I played drums all through high school and. Especially the church back home that she finally got me going to after begging me for far too long. Um, Uh They had a really good band, and because I was so into music in high school, that was really the first thing that brought me to church. I went, I was in and out of church growing up, but the church that I grew up in, the music was dull. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, right? Exactly. So when there was an awesome band, I was like, oh, this is actually kind of fun. Church can be fun, you know. Mm -hmm. So got your
1: attention. Uh, By the way, that's on purpose. If if you don't know, we we intentionally tweak things, never compromise, but tweak things to help cater the experience to people in a way they can enjoy it. All right, so that's why you enjoyed it initially. But you guys didn't just hang around. You started serving. You served. Both of you guys served in our student ministries on Tuesday night, and uh, that's a big, big deal. I have kids there, so thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Tell me why you think folks should take the risk to invite people to church.
2: This one's nice because as soon as we walked in the door, there was people coming up to greet us. Um, Like I said, the church back home, I really didn't connect with. Um, The biggest thing about this church is you guys, it seems like you guys want to be friends with us before you want to engage us with all this Bible talk and stuff. And even at the church back home, the only thing I could talk to them about was the Bible. Again, not that there's anything wrong with that, but if you can't connect with them on any other level besides the Bible, it's kind of a dull relationship. Yeah, right. and, and
1: and if you don't feel comfortable with that, if it's new, <laughs> if you feel like you don't know a lot of stuff, th- the cool thing is, is we think you experience what we hope everybody experienced. We really do want to be friends. We really right. want to get to know people. We think that's what Jesus did. It's not because we have this great idea. Wh- when Jesus invited Peter and Andrew to follow him, they didn't know each other. Right. They were given a chance, though, to kind of hang around each other and then build trust over time and then earn the right to speak on important issues. Right. Now, Sarah, how important is it for you guys to continue to be in a church as a young married couple. W- what are your hopes? What are you experiencing at this point?
6: Um, well, that one thing that we love the most about this church is that they're really accepting of, like, all different beliefs and wherever you're at in your faith. Um, Dan and I were, when we were dating, we were in, like, different spots in our um, faith, and we had different beliefs and, like, just different ways about going about things. And um, this church really helped us to like integrate our beliefs into one core belief system and it really just everyone who serves here and everyone we've met here really showed us that it's important to put God first in our relationship instead of putting like doing what society wants us to do or doing what we think is right but what God really thinks is right and putting God in the center of our relationship so I forget the original question. No, that's <laughs> right. right. Hey, you can
1: keep talking because you're just making me. You're, you, that's the honesty for everybody that serves here to hear people like that talk like that. That's really like, there's, that's our paycheck. That's what makes us feel like, thank you, Jesus. We get to be a part of this. To hear you say that this church had a hand in helping you guys come together spiritually, which, you know, a lot of marriages don't do that. And, the, and to have some shared core values around God, that's exactly what we want to happen in every single marriage in every person's life so thank you would you guys like to say thank you to this couple to dan and sarah thank you guys so much thank you so much hey let me say it one more time god can use a simple and clear invitation from you to change somebody's might to a mighty we have one more couple coming up right yeah
0: we have uh jerry and melissa wiley coming up and um Again, both of these are people that got invited to be here yeah. uh, by someone that was already attending, and they have since started fully engaging and volunteering and all that. But it took the boldness of someone stepping out uh, in a situation uh, with someone they already had a relationship with and inviting them to, to be part them. of something so that God would become an active part
1: in the They, they were in Alaska not all that long ago. I have a picture here of their family. Yeah. Um, there yeah, you you cool. guys look here. You're having a great time. I'm so jealous. I've not been to Alaska yet. And honestly, you're very tall, Melissa, but in that picture, you look quite short. Are you standing in a hole or something? Your kids are just taller than you? Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then, and then I, have, I have another picture. This is Melissa. So that you, you may not even know, that's you in the corner painting this room as we were building. And I wanted to show that because you guys, not only do you attend, you started just, you know, three, four years ago or so, but you both serve dramatically. Talk a little bit about how you ended up at Four Corners.
5: I've been sanctioned to speak today. We talked about this. <laughs> we, we were invited uh, for a Christmas Eve Eve service. Uh, by That's
1: another one of our big days. We have one coming up. Uh, we have four-year. One of them is Christmas Eve Eve yeah. every year.
5: Mm-hmm. Uh, by, by Liz Shepard. Liz is a person uh, whose family we've known for over 15 years, and uh, she encouraged us to come, and we did. And I have two distinct memories there. One, uh, I met Baba, and almost instantly, 14 months later, we started coming back. <laughs> Uh, And I I, I couldn't I couldn't understand why the executive pastor would let the lead pastor speak. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nice. um, But uh, there was some and I'll get in trouble for saying that I was not supposed to make jokes. That's right. You're good. You're good. uh, um, uh, Then then Melissa got involved with a group of of women that included Jill and some others. And and, uh, she said, I'd like to start going to this church. And so. We started coming, and it wasn't for me. It was three or four weeks in that I decided this was a really good place for us to be, and it's been, you know, very impactful for us as a family and also very impactful for us as a couple, and so it's, it's provided a lot of stability in a time for us when uh, that stability has been very welcome.
1: One thing I like about your story is you were invited, you came, but it didn't stick right away. It took some time, and that's okay. I- if we genuinely, fr- friends, have a, have a heart for people, <laughs> uh, it's okay if it takes a little while. We just want to love people, and we don't necessarily have an agenda for them other than we want them to experience God's agenda for their life, and it's okay if it takes a while. So it took a while, 14 months, it came back. I, I, I'm sure you guys are talked. Do you know what it was that made Melissa feel like, I want this to be our church? Do you have any idea what that would be? You, you can answer. I put you on the spot, or, or you can answer. I'm very sorry. I know you said you didn't want to talk, but <laughs> uh, do you do right. you know, what was it, Jerry? I mean, you, you, you know.
5: Well, um, I think we had been uh, searching for for something in our life Uh, we've been involved in church we both grew up in churches Uh, after we were married we we stopped attending regularly Uh, then we lived outside the country for a while and Melissa had an employment opportunity that was involved in a sort of traditional uh, church and there was an obligation there and so I think that What she felt here was that unconditional support. I mean, Mm. you use the context or the branding Real Love Now, and that is part of that. It was a support system uh, where she could be comfortable, and she knew it would be a positive influence for the family. um, And that that drove a lot of the early behavior. Yeah.
1: (laughs) You know, we have found, Greg, that for a lot of folks, women often connect first, emotionally first buy-in. Men enjoy the experience. Women buy in emotionally to the thing. It's a pretty common experience, right?
0: Yeah, almost always if we have a situation where there's a couple, if at some point the, the, the wife or the girlfriend or the, the lady in the relationship doesn't fall in love or get connected or really uh, start to love attending, then ultimately the connection doesn't stay uh, warm anyway, and they end up yeah. falling away from things. So really, uh, while we have a great appeal towards men and masculinity and th- the worship experience, is isn't all that feminized like it is at a lot of churches. <laughs> um, and as a man, you can be a real man at this church. The key to families attending a lot of times is getting the, the wife connected and plugged in. And, and,
1: and Melissa, you experienced that through just some genuine friendships. And uh, then that became a point where conversations happened. Yeah. You guys okay. both serve. Um, Melissa serves through the week here. She serves in our kids ministry. Jerry serves as the security guard often on Sunday morning. Prayer, and he also serves on our highest board here in the church. We call our board of servants and uh he, he does that helps hold me accountable jerry what would you say is a reason somebody should or should be willing to take the risk to invite somebody to come be a part of four corners
5: well i just think it can have a wonderful and positive influence on your life uh we all come uh, to this point at different points in our life but there's not a point at which we don't need god's love and support and uh it's powerful this is the first church where I haven't felt like I had to go to church, that I get up and I want to go to church. Uh, So that support system is pretty powerful for me, and I think it's powerful for for our family. Yeah, Yeah, Jerry
0: mentioned our kind of real love now. You see it on the building, especially at night when you're driving down 75 and it's burning your retinas out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you may not know if you haven't been around for a while that 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 hasn't always been kind of our slogan or our branding. That came about three years, four years ago. I don't remember how long it's been now because I'm getting old, but – It really was just a product of us sitting together with our volunteers and the staff and the people that make this church happen and saying, what what are we really about? We know what we all say we're about, but what are the words that describe kind of what this church is and what its DNA is? And this whole idea of real love now came up, real worship, where you can come and be off. Be yourself you can be real and everyone that you engage is going to be real there's a certain authenticity there and yet we come together as a large group to to worship god because he deserves our praise but then also loving others is a big big deal around here we do that primarily through through groups that you might be involved in whether that's a serving group or a small group but we really do value community and building friendships and relationships and then serving for us like everyone that's been up on stage does, is a huge deal as well. We know that God gave us gifts and passions and skills and talents, and he didn't intend for us to let those go unused for his benefit, right. and his kingdom, for his glory. And so we constantly push people to do that. But it really isn't just a slogan for us. It is who we are. By, by, by nature
1: of the way we do church and try to follow Jesus, it really is what we're all about here. Jerry, any final thoughts um, about, about evangelism in our church?
5: Well, I, I think for us, our evangelism comes through what Greg was saying, the service aspect of it. When you see a family drop off their children and they you know maybe they need that hour in here where they have a quiet relief and and they know their kids are safe and in a loving and caring environment, uh, that helps them get through the week, and that for me is is kind of what recharges my batteries. So yeah
1: would you guys say thank you to Jerry and Melissa yeah. for being a part of thank our church? Again. Thank you, guys so much. Well, I want to say it one more time. Um, God God can take your invitation and change somebody's might, could be potential, to mighty. He really can. So I want to challenge you this way. Be bold in your invitations. Some of you have people you've meant to invite and you've never yet invited them. God can use a simple and clear invitation from you to do mighty things. Would you say it with me in a personal way, though? Say it with me this way. God can use a simple and clear invitation from me to do mighty things. Let's do it together. God can use a simple and clear invitation from me to do mighty things. If you had to ask me when we started this church if I could have comprehended or understood or had a prophetic insight to how all this was going to play, I, I had no idea. I just knew that I needed to do my part. So here's what I want to invite you to do. I want to invite you to grab out your Connect card, and let's take a few steps together about, uh, about, uh, around God and what he's doing in our lives and what he wants to do in, in the life of this church. Every week we give people a chance to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, to begin a relationship with him that we believe changes their life for eternity. We believe everybody will spend eternity somewhere. Everybody will. And so we want them to spend it in in eternity with God and to have their life here and now impacted as well. So if you haven't yet received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I invite you to check Next Step A there on your Connect card. And when the offering bucket comes by in a few moments, you can put that in. And then we'll communicate with you this week you're not joining our church You're not signing up to give money, none of that stuff. We're just going to communicate with you about what a relationship with Jesus looks like. And then in a few moments, I'm going to pray and give you a chance to use my words or use your own to say to God, Lord, I'm a sinner. I need you in my life. And I want to accept you, Lord of the universe, to be the leader and the Lord of my life. Or how about next step B, if you want to get baptized and go public with your faith. You saw a picture of Bubba doing that next service. We have uh, one of our high school students doing that right over here as well. Uh, it's gonna be gonna be fantastic. All right. How about next step C? This is a guiding verse for us as a congregation because God's words are author- authoritative for us. The one I read from Acts chapter 15, verse 19. Here's what it says: It's my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for Gentiles or outsiders or people far from God or unchurched people. We should not make it difficult for people who are turning to God. We need to lower the first rung on the ladder so they can begin to climb. All right. You want to memorize that verse with me? Check it, and we'll send it to you this week as a reminder. How about next step D? I want to drill down really hardcore. By Wednesday of this week, I will invite at least one person to church with me for our big day. You have those invite cards in your package. Just take it. Do what Bubba did tomorrow. uh, What he's going to do tomorrow? Somebody's going to say, "How was your weekend?" Talk about church. Say, "Hey, I'd love for you to come with me next week. I'll meet you by the front door." Jill and I take kids to Dave and Buster's. That's how we invite them to be with our kids, and we say after church we're going to go to Dave and Buster's. We almost never get a no. It's amazing. How you, can have that, how you can do that, all right? How about next step E? I'm gonna pray this week and ask God to do mighty things in our church over the next few months. We shared with you three stories of change because somebody took a chance and invited someone. I want a hundred more. I want a hundred more in the next few weeks, next few months of God doing his thing in people's lives because we were faithful. Let's pray about these things right now. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for letting us be a part of the most awesome movement in the world, a movement of love and acceptance. God, thank you for giving us a church that while we don't compromise your word, we hold and call people to a high standard, at the same time, they're experiencing a place of love and acceptance, a place where they can ask their questions and not sign on the dotted line or check their brains at the door. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that privilege. Lord, I pray for each person today that's accepting as their Lord and Savior. Their heart acknowledges that they're far from you, that they're a sinner. They're asking you to forgive them and to be the Lord of their life. God, this week, make us very bold. Remind us to invite. Give us favor with people. Help us, Lord, to live out your heart of love and acceptance through the value of evangelism. We pray it all in your holy name. In the name of Jesus, the strong Son of God, amen.
5: Would you stand with us as we worship?